Hey, mate. Yeah. You know how we always do this little bit before we play the music in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good bit. I like it, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we should just be really up. I think people want, like, something positive okay. right now. Okay, okay mate. Okay. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a reasonable thing to do. Let's do that then. Okay, cool. I've got a story about British people massacring indigenous tribes. And I've got a story about some sleepy sheep. Okay, yours, yours definitely hit the brief there. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fire myself. to Date Fight. It's the podcast that takes great things that happened on this day in history and pitches them against each other. He's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley, and together we have approached the sink of time and are turning on both taps to see which produces the sweetest entertainment history. Water. <laughs> I'm going to take you to the 17th of March, 403. Oh, wow. Yeah. Triple digits. Nice. Yeah. I thought people would be quite... Some people, of course, will be settling into isolation today. So today's... We got over our isolation. Today's have been selected by my son. Instead of doing any history homework, he's selected today's things. So he's selected... That's so cool. Yeah. I decided he should do my work for me. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone has a chimney that needs cleaning, (laughs) I've got a really good idea. The thing is, if I did that, all I would get would be like, well, uh, on this day, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there was a battle on the ice planet of Hoth. Oh, we could actually set that. We could do, get them to record it too. Oh, then we don't have to do anything at all. Here we go. Anyway, uh, still, still have to edit it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, in 403, Saint Patrick, the Roman Briton, son of Calpurnicus and Conquessa, um, who was the grandson of Politus, who was a priest. But Patrick didn't believe any of that nonsense. He was a modern, secular Roman Briton of the mid-fifth century. Um, Mm. Except when he was 16, he was captured by Irish pirates on the 17th of March and taken to Ireland, forced (laughs) to work for six years as a shepherd and a slave, during which time he found Jesus in his heart. He he prayed every day and eventually it said he turned to Christianity. I'm like, if you're praying every day, you're probably... bit Christian to start with. Anyway, so he became St. Yeah. Patrick. He then went back home um, to learn more about this Christianity thing. He, as he escaped from Ireland, he snuck off one day and he fled. Um, when he got back to Britain, he didn't know where he was, so he wandered for 28 days in the wilderness, which just shows you how empty Britain was in the early 5th century. I'm not sure you could wander 28 days anywhere now and still be lost. These people who go wandering in the wilderness. Yeah. Like... How big is your lunchbox? Yeah, you'll hit Keswick eventually. It's not... (laughs) Um, Kendall Mint Cake. I'm just saying, you can't go wandering in the wilderness for 28 days. It's not responsible. We have to send out the helicopter rescue after you. I mean, would you fill your accent with toilet paper? <laughs> uh, so, uh, he, he, he got very hungry after 28 days, and so he'd again d- done one of them prayers. And guess what? A wild boar turned what? up, and so he ate that. No. Yep. Oh. Uh, then he went home. Thanks, Jesus. Learned all about Christianity, became St. Patrick, as you do, uh, and went back to Ireland having had a vision that the people of Ireland asked him to come back. Uh, and he went back and he got rid of all the snakes. Except he didn't because, according to the fossil record, there have been no snakes in Ireland since the last Ice Age. Sorry about that, right. Patrick. Um, he may have had one of those, like, tiger-scaring sticks where you say, well, it's just as well I've got my stick because it scares away all the tigers. 
But there aren't any tigers precisely. I don't know. I don't know about tiger scaring sticks. Is that just a wibbly stick? Yeah, it's just any old stick you've got. And you say it's my tiger scaring stick and you go, what? And you go, yeah, see, it works. There aren't any tigers around here. Yeah, I know. Good, isn't it? Um, oh, I see. Uh, the absence. That's, that's... Sorry, God. Sorry. <laughs> the absence of snakes in Ireland was first remarked two hundred years earlier by Gaius Julius Salinus. So sorry about that. Well, I mean, some people think the snakes were metaphors for druids, or maybe he was just telling fibs and had a magic stick he wanted to impress people with. Do you think comedians in Ireland, you know, sort of the trope like white dog poo? It's like, oh, you never see an Irish snake anymore, do you? <laughs> Let's ask Andrew Maxwell. Ever since that ice age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, I'm going to take you to the 17th of March, 1860. Mm. And the first Taranaki War begins in Taranaki, Ooh. New Zealand. And it was Ooh. when it all properly kicked off with the New Zealand Wars. Mm. Uh, it's one of those things that you don't so much get taught about at GCSE level no. history. I don't know anything about this. No. Well, have have a guess what was going on there. See if you can just have a guess. Oh, uh, OK. Um, what do they have in New Zealand? Uh, what year was this? The Maori. This was uh, 1860. OK, 1860. So is it sheep rustling? Effectively, it was the British awarding themselves parcels of land. And New Zealand uh, and the Maori people who lived on it saying, Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. No, you, whoa, whoa, that's my hey, hang on. That's my garage. Uh, don't think so, mate. Uh, and uh, what's it got my flag in it? 18,000 British troops, supported by artillery, cavalry, and local militia, uh, mm-hmm. went to beat the living daylights out of 4,000 Maori warriors. Yes, I mean. Uh, the key words there are artillery and cavalry, which do make up yeah. nine-tenths of the law. Yes. And the Maori, I mean, were incredible. And they had anti-artillery bunkers. Uh, they had they built sort of brilliant fortified villages that if they needed to, and inevitably they did, they could abandon really fast. Right. But they could, f- like, fight hard and intensively and then sort of retreat. Disappear. Cleverly. Yeah. Uh, but it was awful. Yeah. Uh, 800 Europeans mm-hmm. were lost. Uh, probably 2,100 Maori. Oh. It was not a fair fight. It was a shocking thing. Mm. And I'm very sorry. As another one of our Apologia editions. <laughs> <laughs> Just like every date fight, yeah. I'm very sorry uh, on behalf of my ancestors. Uh, it's I, date fight, the podcast yeah. telling you why you should be ashamed today. Yeah, I'm sorry. Why can't I be proud of being English? <laughs> How long have you yeah. got? How long? Something to appall you about because your history for every day what? of the year. <laughs> yes. Every single day yeah. we can do this. What does that tell you? <laughs> uh, <sighs> let's do the birthdays. St. Patrick's Day, happy St. Patrick's Day, because he got captured by the pirates today. So, happy St. Patrick's Day. Also, happy birthday to Edmund Keane, the 18th century Shakespearean actor who I pretty much imagine was exactly the actors from Blackadder 3. <laughs> happy birthday to butter voiced baritone Nat King Cole, who is probably best known for his series of Allied Dunbar adverts in the mid 1990s. <laughs> happy birthday to Stephanie Clifford, <laughs> or Stormy Daniels, um, who is known for many things, but I thought we'd mention that she was a multiple blue ribbon winner for equestrian events. Well done, Stormy Daniels. Yes, she's a very good uh, multiple blue ribbon winner for uh, equestrian events. So I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
bien. Happy Death Day to Lulac the Unfortunate of Scotland. He wasn't just called Lulac the Unfortunate, he was also called Lulac the Foolish, and he survived a couple of months as king before he was killed by Malcolm the Third. Which I just find a funny phrase. Malcolm the Third. Uh, happy Death Day to Harold Harefoot. Yeah, well, I'm just, all I'm going to say is if Malcolm the Third had heard you laughing like that, yeah. he would have lasted as long as Lulac the Unfortunate. <laughs> happy Death Malcolm did not like that sort of response. Happy Death Day to Harold Harefoot. But he wanted to be. The, he was the king of England. He looked after England while the actual king, Arthur Canute, was away in Norway, seeing to a rebellion. He had his other brother blinded when he arrived to try and take the throne back. And after he died, Arthur Canute came back, had him dug up and thrown into a fen, which must be the worst thing you can do to a person. <laughs> Presumably, it was near Cambridge. Um, happy death day. <laughs> to Princess Sophia of Sweden who proves that even being the daughter of a king doesn't uh, protect you from absolutely terrible husbands. She married Duke Magnus of saxe lauenburg who regularly spat at her, shouted at her in public and roundly abused her. At one point he sold all of her jewellery to fund his wars. Uh, he made her go to her brother, King John, when her brother became king um, and her brother gave him Ozil just to shut him up. Uh, which was a town. Uh, the people of Ozil <laughs> promptly rose up and got rid of Magnus because he was so awful. And eventually, oh, wow. King John had to exile him, at which point he slunk around Germany saying nasty things about his ex-wife, Princess Sophia of Sweden. Happy death day to her. Round two. The year is 1966. Oh, is it? And a B-52 bomber. Ooh. is flying over the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Spain. Mm. And its fuel load ignites and everybody on board dies and the plane breaks apart <sighs> oh. and it lands in the sea. The slight problem with that, other than obviously the dead personnel, which I mean, is very sad. Spot, I've spotted another one. So far, yeah, so far we're all chuckling <laughs> away. It's all problems so far, yeah. Uh, there were four hydrogen bombs on board. Oh, dear. Uh, three of them were found on land mm-hmm. uh, near the small fishing village of Palomares, yeah. which uh, means filled underwear in <laughs> Spanish. Uh, this is uh, in the municipality of the Cuevas del Almanzora, Almeria. Mm. I know you like it there. I don't know. Um, The explosives detonated. It didn't actually do the proper full ignition of the the weapons, but it did right. result in a lot of contamination. As we can tell by the fact that Spain is still there. Yeah, yeah, by plutonium. But the fourth one yeah. fell into the sea, and it was oh. like, oh, where is it? Um, <laughs> and then they saw some three-headed this... fish swimming past, and they went, I reckon I know where it is. <laughs> well, here was the thing. One guy... Yeah. Saw the bomb land in the sea. Oh. His name was Fran- Francisco Simo Orts, who, of course, they called Bomb Paco <laughs> or Bomb Frankie, depending on who you asked. <laughs> Good old Bomb Frankie. Hey, Bomb Frankie, you seen any bombs today? <laughs> so 
because he'd seen a sort of approximate location where it landed in the water, uh, this new mathematical system for establishing the probability of where something was. Yeah. Uh, it's called the Bayesian search theory. Mm-hmm. They tried that and uh, it only took them two and a half months. Yeah. But they found it. They found the bomb and they pulled it out. And uh, bomb Frankie. Well done, bomb Frankie. Well done, bomb Frankie. We'll, 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 start, we'll give you some money. Uh, we'll give you some money. We'll give you some money. Yeah. Uh, because he actually claimed salvage rights. Uh, saying, well, hang whoa. on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, yeah. I identified the location of that, and in maritime law, I should be getting a percentage of that. I should get one or two percent of that. Nice. Now, that hydrogen bomb was valued by the Secretary of Defence at $2 billion. What? Which in those days was a lot of money. Yeah. So it would have been like $40 million. Oh. Uh, the Air Force settled out of court for an undisclosed sum in later years. Seymour $39.8 million. <laughs> well, in later years, Bomb Frankie said, uh, I never got any money. It never happened. What? Yeah, yeah. poor old Bomb Frankie. Anyway, it was on this day uh, in 1966, the 17th of March, that they found that bomb. Uh, and there was a huge clean-up operation. It cost a huge amount of money. 40 years later, though, there were still traces of the contamination, mainly in snails. Oh. So what I'm saying is if you are in Almeria and big fan of snails, snails are on the menu, mm. yeah, don't, don't so much... Maybe have an omelette. Well, I'm going to take you two years closer to the present day, to the 17th of March, 1968, when, mysteriously, 6,000 sheep in the Skull Valley died in what became known as the Dugway Sheep Incident, which I think is a misnomer, because the people who did the incident weren't actually the sheep, when you dig into it. (laughs) That suggests that the sheep are responsible for this when it's very much people. (laughs) So a livestock holder came out and found uh, 6,000 sheep dead and he phoned the nearby nerve agent testing ground. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Hang on. Have you got any I, idea? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Ring, ring. Oh, the customer service line's ringing. Hello? Uh, hello, nerve agent testing facility. <laughs> yes, I'll just put out 6,000 six, six, yeah, of my sheep are dead. You don't know, you wouldn't know what might have happened to Oh, uh, just one moment. Stephen, uh, mm. fellow on the phone, 6,000 sheep dead. Do you want to... Huh? No, sorry. No, don't know anything about that. Bye-bye. And that was essentially what happened. Oh, really? <laughs> for, the, for 30 years, they didn't admit it was them. The nerve Dogway Nerve Agent Testing site. I mean, partially they did, because the next year, Richard Nixon outlawed um, any aerial testing of chemical weapons because yeah. the public was so outraged by the 6,000 dead sheep. All right, um, but didn't care about the millions no, of other animals slaughtered every day for their burgers. Brilliant. Nope. It's just the ones who... Have, some of them didn't die straight away. They just lay there looking listless, bleeding internally. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until 1998 that they accepted that it was probably a release of VX gas. Because they had, the day before, been spraying fields with nerve agents. Um, yeah, but, and, sorry, Stephen says it's pro- almost certainly nothing to do with that. No, he says no. Um, and so, yes, uh, so the, the Dugway sheep incident, which was definitely not to do with the sheep, happened on 17th of March, 1968. Oh, the uh, although the report in 1998 said it probably was the VX nerve agent they were using, uh, they didn't accept responsibility and they didn't admit negligence. Wow. So that was good.
Yeah. But it did clear up something that had been a real mystery for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. It's a real head scratcher. What could it have been? Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for And thank you for listening. And yeah, hey, listen, we... In a funny way, I mean, I'm not being funny, but we sort of need this podcast to go a bit viral. Yes. Um, because uh, this this coronavirus is affecting us too. It is. Uh, people aren't it commuting so much yeah. and they're not listening so much. So you, valid, noble, yeah. dedicated listener, please spread the word uh, because... Um, yes. Just don't... Because the commuters aren't commuting anymore. They're not listening. Yeah. So d- d- don't spread anything else. If you only spread one thing today... No. Be a date fight super spreader. <laughs> That's such bad taste. That's such bad taste. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) That's advice from the chief medical officer. Yes, and Caprice. (laughs) Yes, uh, sorry about that. We love you. Um, Stay safe out there and wash your hands. See you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.